Today I have a message from the Lord. Tell someone near you, God has a word for us today. I believe that with all of my heart. You should come every Sunday expecting that the Lord has a message for us. Can we stand? Everything must be fulfilled. Everything must be fulfilled. This text is from the Gospel according to Luke chapter 24. The, the text itself really is not about Christmas because it is on the afternoon of Resurrection Sunday. This uh, incident happens as Jesus is walking on the road to Emmaus with two disciples. And these are the words he tells them in verse 44. He said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. And then he told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of this thing. So a few weeks ago, uh, I preached and I talked about how that the Hebrew scriptures is called the Tanakh. Do you remember that? Tanakh. Torah, Navim, Ketuvim. Torah is the law of Moses. Navim is the prophets. Ketuvim is the writings, including the Psalms. So when Jesus said that everything must be fulfilled that is written in the law of Moses, Torah, in the prophets, the Navim, and in the Psalms, the Ketuvim, what Jesus is saying is everything that has been written about me is right there for you to read. It's there. And when you examine my life, you will discover everything that I do and I say and that will happen to me is already prophesied in Scripture. You know why? Because God is a purposeful God. He does not do things just, you know, naisip lang niyang gawin, ginawa na. Everything has been prepared, planned for purposefully including your life. You are not the product of some random event in the universe and popped out of the sky. Sabi ng ganun, singaw ka lang. You know? You just appeared. Oh, sagaling! You know, no. And even if, as I always joke, it takes a man and a woman and one magic moment and then a child is conceived, you know, it was actually the sovereign hand of God that produced life in you. The same God who created the universe, the same God who created mankind in the early creation, and the same God that prepared everything for the coming of the Messiah is the same God that purposefully created you, including your children and your grandchildren, and every generation that comes after you. God is a purposeful God. Everything must be fulfilled. Let's pray. God Almighty, we come with hearts of expectation because if you fulfilled everything by the coming of your Son, Jesus Christ, it gives us confidence that whatever else is going on in our life, in our family, all around us, in our nation, in the nations of the world, Nothing happens just randomly. No. God, our purposeful maker, has a design. And He is bringing everything to fulfillment. So God, our prayer today, may our hearts be ready to receive 
the word of the Lord, for the people of the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Praise God. Before God acts, He plans it. Praise God. So everything must be fulfilled. Everything that happened in the life and ministry of Jesus was in fulfillment of prophecies made and written in the Hebrew Scriptures. So today, we'll go through that. Scriptures written in what we call the Old Testament and Scriptures written in the New Testament that fulfills what was written in the Old. And my prayer today is that if you've ever had doubts, totoo ba yung kwento ni Jesus na yan? I mean, you know, we've seen the movies from childhood, you already know the movie, right? In fact, even, even if you're not a Christian, it's almost impossible not to know the story of Jesus. It's so common, right? So it's all there. But then people sometimes, because of it, it is so common, it, lo- it no longer has the impact or the power. And people start to think, actually, ano lang yan eh? Uh, parang Star Wars lang yan. I'm sorry, ah. A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Kwento-kwento lang yan. Somebody just made it up. Uh, no. God caused that story to happen. So let's go through this. Jesus' birth from a virgin was prophesied. 700 years before Jesus' birth, the prophet Isaiah said that a virgin will be with child and give birth to a son, and they shall call him Emmanuel, and that name means God with us. Isaiah 7:14, and it's quoted in the gospel according to Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. So here's something that you will find, especially with Matthew, but the other uh, gospel writers as well. They would reference a verse in the Old Testament to show that this event in Jesus' life, these words that he spoke, were actually written hundreds or even thousands of years before. Jesus' birth, birthplace was prophesied 500 years before Jesus' birth. The prophet Micah said, Out of Bethlehem will come one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old or from ancient times. Micah chapter 5 verse 2, quoted in the gospel according to Matthew chapter 2 verse 6. So, that the virgin will be with child, and that child will be the Messiah, that the birthplace will be Bethlehem, what else? That angelic witnesses to the birth of Jesus was also prophesied 1,500 years before Jesus' birth. Moses wrote, Rejoice, O heavens! Let all the angels of God worship Him. This is in Deuteronomy chapter 32, 43, quoted in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 6, referencing the Messiah, Jesus Christ, and can refer to the angelic host recorded in the gospel according to Luke chapter 2, that sang at Jesus' birth. And we know this song, Glory to God in the highest, Gloria in excelsis Deo, peace on earth, goodwill to man. Wow! Hundreds of years, thousands of years before it happened. God was already planting the seeds of prophecy that eventually will be fulfilled. What else? The visit of the wise men was also prophesied 700 years before Jesus' birth. The prophet Isaiah wrote, Herds of camels will cover your land. Young camels of Midian and Ephah and all from Sheba will come, bearing gold, frankincense, proclaiming the praise of the Lord. This is in Isaiah chapter 60 verse 7. Fulfilled in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 2, when wise men came from the east, and so all of these lands, yung nakalagay dyan na, camels of Midian, Ephah, Sheba, all of that is from the east of Jerusalem. And they came crossing, uh, eventually passing through Jordan, 
right? Uh, yung, uh, yung binisita namin tong Petra, you know, when I was watching Discovery Channel one time about the birth of Christ, and in Discovery Channel, they were saying that those wise men from the East probably went through that because that was the route of traders, and they might have gotten some of those treasures in that place of Petra where they had all kinds of barter and exchange on the way to Jerusalem as they came to bring gifts to the newborn king. Jesus as the light of the world also was prophesied. 700 years before Jesus' birth, the prophet Isaiah wrote, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth. Thick darkness is over the peoples, but the Lord rises upon you, and His glory appears over you. Again, Isaiah 60, fulfilled by Jesus when He went to the temple and then He declared those words, I am the light of the world. What was, what's going on here is that when Jesus makes these kinds of pronouncements, when the gospel writers are writing this story, it is meant to tell the people, hey, this man that you see here, these events that are happening, this is not just happenstance. Nagkataon lang, you know, it's a coincidence. He showed up, he said this, he did that. No, everything must be fulfilled. So tell someone near you, everything must be fulfilled. Jesus' teaching ministry was prophesied 700 years before Jesus' birth. The psalmist Asaph wrote, I will open my mouth with parables, and I will utter hidden things, things from of old. That's Psalm 78 verse 2. Quoted again in the gospel according to Matthew chapter 13. When Jesus would teach in parables, Matthew would write, this is to fulfill what the prophet said was going to be Jesus' methodology of teaching. His healing ministry also was prophesied that the Messiah will bring healing with his hands. 700 years before his birth, the prophet Isaiah wrote, the eyes of the blind will be open, the ears of the deaf unstopped, the lame will leap like a deer, and the mute will shout for joy. Isaiah 35, 5 and 6, referenced in Matthew 11, 5. So, wow, everything that Jesus does is to fulfill something that was written hundreds of years before. So we've talked about his birth. We've talked about his ministry. Now we enter the last week of Jesus' ministry, beginning on Palm Sunday. Jesus' triumphal entry to Jerusalem was also prophesied. 500 years before Jesus' birth, the prophet Zechariah wrote, See, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey. Zechariah 9 verse 9, quoted in the Gospel of Matthew. So as Jesus tells his disciples, go there and uh, fetch me a donkey that I can sit on. You know, if I'm one of the disciples, and a donkey? Uh, uh, master, I think we have enough savings from all of the offerings, you know. I think we can rent a chariot. Let's go rent a BMW for you. After all, you are the king. Kings don't sit in donkeys. Kings sit in white horses, riding triumphantly, just like the Romans would when they enter into a town. But Jesus, in his mind, it's not just about that I don't like to ride on a horse and I want to ride on a donkey. But because hundreds of years before, that's what's written. That the Messiah will not enter Jerusalem on a horse. He's going to enter on a donkey. You see, everything Jesus did was on purpose. And then his betrayal is also prophesied for us. A thousand years before Jesus' birth, 
King David wrote in one psalm, Even my close friend, someone I trusted, who shared bread with me, has turned against me. Now, think about this. Jesus already had a lot of followers. And then one morning after an overnight prayer seeking the Father's will, He began to call 12. said, you, and then you, and then you. So, Peter, James, John, Andrew, Simon the Zealot, the other James. So, He started calling them. And I don't know if He was the last, but then He said, uh, you. Me? Yes, you. What's your name? Judas Iscariot. <laughs> yes, you're part of this. Later on, Judas would be the one to betray him. And some people say, wow, did, didn't Jesus know that he just chose someone who would turn against him eventually? Because after all, God knows who does not pay. <laughs> right? God knows. Jesus knows. It's not like, oh my goodness. Hudas ka pala? Akala ko mapagkakatiwalaan kitang hudas ka? And so now from that moment on, the name Judas or Hudas is synonymous with what? Betrayal. Someone who gets close to you and then bites you in the end. Hudas ka talaga. You don't use that in a positive light. You know, so, ang bait mo, hudas ka talaga. No! It, we use that to refer to a person who, uh, who we thought was our friend and then betrayed us. So why would Jesus choose someone that knowingly would betray Him? Because the Scriptures prophesied it. And it has to be fulfilled. Not a single prophecy can be allowed to not be fulfilled. I mean, if you think about it, 99% would be good, right? Yung isang prophesying sablay, what is that? Okay lang yun. You got 99 right. You missed one. I mean, after all, safeguard removes. 98%? Okay na yun, right? Ariel can remove I don't know how much percent, you know. Okay na yung, but no one naman gets it all right all the time. Except God. God will not allow even one sablay. Because all it takes is one sablay. And then they say, aha, see, it was not fulfilled. But then everything must be Field. The disciples' abandonment of Jesus was prophesied. 500 years before his birth, the prophet Zechariah wrote that Jesus' followers would later on betray him. Strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. Zechariah 13, quoted by the gospel according to Matthew, when, when he was being crucified and no one else was there, that verse pops up which tells us even that, not just Judas, but all the rest disappearing at the most crucial moment of Jesus' life was already prophesied. His crucifixion, a thousand years before Jesus' birth, David wrote in the Psalms, they pierced my hands and feet. All my bones are on display. People stare and gloat over me. They divided my clothes among them and cast lots for my garments. David wasn't talking on himself. He was not crucified. 
He died, in, you know, David would eventually die, but not this way. But then his psalm is referenced in the gospel according to Mark many, many hundreds of years later and uses this verse to refer to Jesus. The people's mocking of Jesus was also prophesied. A thousand years before Jesus' birth, David wrote in the Psalms, All who see me, mock me. They hurl insults, shaking their heads. So again, in Psalm, quoted in Matthew. So, very meticulous. Every detail thought about. What if, while Jesus was being crucified, people were just, Oh, Jesus, we love you. We're so sorry this happened to you. Then this verse would not be fulfilled. If everyone watching there is like brokenhearted, but no, people watching there, who? Son of God, son of God. Come on, come down. If you really are the Messiah, prove it. So they were insulting him. What they did not know was that even they were fulfilling prophecy. The people in the life of Jesus, they did not know that as they went about their business, they were fulfilling prophecy. Even the Roman soldiers that were gambling for the clothes of Jesus were fulfilling prophecy because it was written that they will gamble for the only clothes that I have. Jesus' agony at the cross was prophesied. A thousand years before his birth, David wrote in the Psalms, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? This is David writing this a thousand years before. And yet on the cross, this is one of those famous seven last words. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus' death as an atonement for our sins and sicknesses was prophesied. 700 years before Jesus' birth, the prophet Isaiah wrote, Surely He took up our pain. He bore our suffering. Yet we considered Him punished by God, stricken by Him, afflicted. But He was pierced for whose transgressions? For ours. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on Him. And by His wounds... We are healed. Wow. That the death of the Messiah will not just be for our transgressions, sins, but also for the infirmities of our body. Wow. Even that was prophesied. 700 years before Jesus' birth, the prophet Isaiah wrote, For he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. That verse in Isaiah 53 is quoted by the Apostle Paul in Romans 3.25 that references that the death of Jesus is called a sacrifice of atonement. That means that the Messiah's death is not for himself. It is the very concept of atonement that you are atoning for someone else, not for yourself. So in the Old Testament, the priests would bring a sacrifice, right? So every week in, in Jewish culture and religious life, Ang, uh, you know, when they come every week, ang tawag doon KKB, kanya-kanyang bit-bit. Okay? I bring an animal for me. I bring it to the priest. He sacrifices it for my sins and my family. Not for you. Bawal ang bakas. Okay? Kanya-kanyang bit-bit. You have to bring your own for your family. So every week, every Jewish family, ang dami kaya nun, all kinds of animals are brought. And then the, the priest checks it, etc. But once a year, hindi KKB. Once a year, bawal ang bit-bit. Why? Because only the high priest 
is allowed to bring the sacrifice. And only one for everyone. So you've got millions of Hebrews there watching this at the tabernacle and then at the temple. They're not bringing their own because it's understood on this day. It is understood only the high priest can choose and only the high priest can bring the sacrifice. And so they, they go through this flock examining until finally they find one worthy of sacrifice to God for the sins of the entire community. Wow. One for all. So all of us there would just be observing. Sana makuha yung tama, you know. And finally, they kill the animal and the high priest brings it through the outer court, the holy place, finally getting through that veil, that thick curtain, and all the way into the most holy place where he's supposed to sprinkle that blood on the, on the Ark of the Covenant, yung pong hinahanap ni Indiana Jones ng pagkatagal-tagal. Okay, nandun yun. Okay. So they sprinkle it there. And then, if God accepts the sacrifice, the high priest steps out and he says, your sins have been atoned. After almost a week of fasting, feasting! Yoo-hoo! No one was eating, but then finally when they said, your sins have been atoned, pwede na tayong kumain! How many of you, you know, when you go through fasting, parang hindi ka makahintay, uh, up to 12 o'clock daw, 12 o'clock, 11.55, 11.56, 11.57, 11.58, 11.59, tapos si announce ni Pastor Jojo, 12 o'clock na, kain na na! You know, so, so ganun yun, so excited sila, kain na na. Well, there's only one problem. What if the high priest doesn't come out? Now, why wouldn't he come out? Well, what if for some strange reason, one of his assistant priests did not meticulously check the lamb? May peklat sa kilikili. Hindi nila nakita yun. Because they examined everything. Has to be perfect, blameless sacrifice unto God. And they missed a spot. One. Ano ba naman yung one spot na yan? Isa lang naman eh. But not allowed. Life for life. Blood for blood. The, the life of the high priest will be taken. And as he was waiting for God, the glory of the Lord, the Shekinah glory of the Lord to come upon the Ark of the Covenant, if it does not come, it only means one thing. I have rejected what you have brought. Which means, the high priest just collapses. Well, here's the second problem. No one's allowed to go in there. He's the only one who can go in. He's the only one who can go out. No one's allowed to go in. So how would they know if he's still alive? Well, the clothes of the priest had these bells. You know, jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle all the way. So while he's sprinkling that blood, the, the clothes are jingling, and the priests outside are saying, Yay, buhay pa! Yay, buhay pa! Yay, buhay pa! Jingle bell, jingle bell. Ah, uh, baka naman namamaos lang kaya. <laughs> One minute, two minutes, five minutes, ten minutes. No movement, no sound. And the cloud isn't coming. 
he's dead. So they would tie a rope before even came coming in. It's like one of those contingency plans. Uh, high priest, uh, <laughs> just in case. <laughs> just in case we miss something, okay? Sabi ko sa inyo, i-check nyo lahat. I-check nyo lahat. You know, just in case. Bagito yung isa nating associate priest. Dating youth pastor yan eh. Nakalimutan. Hindi chinek yung kilikili. Okay. So, pagpasensyahan na natin. Pero just in case we miss something, we gotta pull you out. So that's what they would do. Imagine this. And then next year, again. Then next year, again. Year after year. Century after century. Thousands of years. Until finally, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. One. One. For all. Hindi kanya-kanyang bit-bit. Can't bring your own. What are you going to give to God that will cause Him to forgive you of your sins? Nothing. A sinner cannot pay for his own sin. And most definitely, a sinner cannot pay for your sin. Since I'm a sinner and you're a sinner, I cannot pay for my own, you cannot pay for your own, I cannot pay for you, you cannot pay for me. What's going to happen to all of us? We carry with us the burden of sin and the guilt and the shame and everything. And so, so what is the sacrifices all about? The book of Hebrews would write, it's a covering. Have you ever been told by your parents when you were young, ay, magwalis-walis ka nga dyan? Walis ka naman ng walis. Ayan, umalis na si nanay. Umalis na. Umalis na si lola. So, winalis mo ng winalis. Hindi mo naman dinaspan. At hindi mo tinapon sa basurahan. Sa muli lagay? Doon sa... Tago mo lang. Wala niyo makita ni nanay. Hindi makita ni lola. That's why it's called sweeping it under the rug. That's all it is. Our sin is still there. It's covered so that the wrath of God does not just consume us on a daily basis, but it is not removed until the Lamb of God, who does not just cover your sin, but takes it away. Can we give thanks to God for that? Jesus' resurrection. Hindi pa nga pinapanganak yung pagkabuhay, eh, pinroprofesay na rin. A thousand years before his birth, David wrote, For you will not abandon me to the grave, nor will let your Holy One see decay. Psalm 16. Quoted by the Apostle Peter on the day of Pentecost when he preached, recorded in Acts chapter 2, verse 27. So, think about this. He wasn't yet even born hundreds, thousands of years before. Hasn't yet spoken a parable, hasn't yet healed anybody, hasn't yet done anything, hasn't yet entered Jerusalem on a donkey, hasn't yet been crucified, hasn't even resurrected yet. All of that is already written thousands of years before. Jesus' ascension back to heaven was prophesied. A thousand years before Jesus' birth, David wrote in the Psalms, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Psalm 110, quoted by Peter again in his sermon on Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. So, everything, 
must be fulfilled. Tell someone near you, everything must be fulfilled. That was episode one of this message. Now we go to episode two. If everything that happened in the life ministry of Jesus was in fulfillment of prophecies made and written in the Hebrew Scriptures, what does it mean for us today? You know, when, when you read the Bible, so you read all of these fantastic stories, you have to ask yourself, so? So what does that mean for us today, right now? I'm not living in the time of Jesus. We don't have all of that stuff anymore right now, donkeys and sheep and all of that stuff. So what? Well, this is the first. Everything that is written about Jesus that has not yet happened will surely happen. And there is one event that has not yet happened, but it will surely happen. It is the return of our King of Kings and Lord of Lords. After he said he was taken up before their eyes, a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white, these are angels, stood beside them, men of Galilee. Why do you stand there looking up into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back. And tell, tell someone in you, Jesus will come back. In the same way you've seen him go up unto heaven. How? Because if he fulfilled... The birth, if he fulfilled the visit of the Magi, if he fulfilled the angels singing, if he fulfilled Bethlehem, if he fulfilled entering on a donkey, if he fulfilled crucifixion, resurrection, ascension, if he fulfilled all of that, then that means he's going to fulfill the one pending promise. The return of Christ. And so the apostles writing in the epistles, the apostle Paul says, Maranatha, which in Aramaic means, come Lord. And the book, the last book of the Bible, Revelation, Jesus said, behold, I'm coming soon. And John replies, amen. Come, Lord Jesus. John is saying, amen. You know what the word amen means? Yes, Lord, I agree. I believe, Amen. So when Jesus said, I'm coming soon, your response is, mm. oh. Two thousand years have come and gone. Where is this coming ever? You know. Hey, it's gonna happen. If God said it, it'll happen. Now it won't happen according to your timeline. When I was young and single, I had a prayer. Sabi ko, Lord, bago ka bumalik, mag-asawa naman ako. As if the coming of Jesus depended on my life and my social status. Alam mo yun? Darating na si Lord, ay hindi pa pala kasal si Albert. Next time na lang. <laughs> So some of you here, young people, say, Lord, wag ka muna babay, ibabalik ka As if the money is coming, is naka, uh, dalian mo nga, <laughs> balik na balik na ako, ayaw mo. <laughs> you know, one of our elders' uh, wives at the time, 
And I shared that in, in the church. And you know, you know how it is when they find out that you're young, you're single, and you're now ready and to enter into marital life. The only question is who? You know? Diba? Banda na akong mag-asaway. Eh, ang problema, walang asawahin. <laughs> and as usually what will happen, kanya-kanyang reto yan. Diba? Pastor Albert, yung pamangkin ko. And every Sunday, is like an embarrassing thing every week because there's always someone showing up in church. Hi, I'm, ano, I'm the pamangkin of... And you know how pa mga titas, ang mga titas, di ba? Pastor Albert, you know, look at this. You know? And here, here you're trying your very best. Hi, hello. You know, you don't know how to react in, in those times. Kung matutuwa ko ba, mahihiya, maiinis, o kung ano, you know. And then someone actually prophesied. Her name is Lisha Estepur, the wife of Brother Mansur. She had one Sunday, you know, and then after that, she went to me and said, Albert, God will fulfill the desire of your heart within this year. Oh, praise God. Well, the weeks turn to months, the months almost turn to one year. It's nearing that already, you know. And then I told her, you know, Liz, if this does not happen, the Bible says false prophets, you know. <laughs> we have to stone you. <laughs> and so she says, Albert, Go get a wife, any wife. <laughs> we have to fulfill the prophecy. Go anywhere. I don't know where, but anywhere. <laughs> Anyhow, how would I know that the fulfillment is in Hong Kong? <laughs> I didn't know. But God knows. God knows. So God arranges this behind the scenes without me knowing. Our pastor, Pastor Chuck Quinley, goes to Hong Kong and meets up with the pastor there, the pastor of Sister Barbara. They're very good friends. He comes home here and Sherry Quinley with just the most declarative statement I have ever heard in my life. No ifs, no buts. Albert, we have found your wife. <laughs> That's it? <laughs> Yeah. You found my wife? Where? Where is she? What? Who? What does she look like? I don't know, you know. So she comes home and, and just makes that kind of declaration. Of course, I'm happy, but at the same time, scared. What, what is that, you know? All I know is that God is like cooking something at the back. It's like your, your mother cooking something and you can smell it's good, but you're, you're not sure what it is, you know. And so I had to find out what's there, you know. So there's only one way to find out. So I went. I climbed the seven mountains and crossed the ten oceans, you know, <laughs> on Philippine Airlines. <laughs> and so we met. We went out. We got lost. And of course, depending on who you listen to, that's where the story, you know, <laughs> diverges. Sabi ko, ikaw yung taga dito, naligaw tayo. Paano nangyari yun? Naligaw ba talaga tayo? O 
o niligaw mo ako? <laughs> and then of course, she has this very long explanation. Alam mo, pag mahaba ang paliwanag, alam mo, hindi totoo. Hindi, mali yung ferry na nasakyan natin. Kuna tayo doon. Anyway, I came back here, and as soon as I arrived, I get an interrogation from Sherry Quinley. I was living with them at the time and said, so, did you meet her? What happened? How was it? Details. <laughs> so, well, you know, you met this, that, oh, you know, we'll see, we'll see, you know. Ooh. Ang tawag ngayon dyan yung mga pabebe. But what I didn't know is God was already writing the story. Do you know that even before you write your story, God is writing yours? The events of our life don't just happen just out of nowhere. Even the events that shock us, shake us, are the kind of things that God has prepared long ago because He is pushing you towards a direction. That's just how God is. Which brings us to the second just like the coming of Jesus, everything else that God has promised will surely happen. Joshua writing to the Israelites, you know with all your heart and soul that not one of all the good promises the Lord your God gave you has failed. Every promise has been fulfilled. Not one has failed. I want you to turn to someone right now and declare those words to them. You know with all your heart and soul that not one of all the good promises the Lord your God gave you has failed. Every promise has been fulfilled. Not one has failed. Wow, can we give thanks to God? That is, of course, God's promise to the Israelites. But thousands of years later, the Apostle Paul writing, But as surely as God is faithful, our message to you is not yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me, Silas, and Timothy, was not yes and no. But in Him, it has always been yes. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And through Him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Hallelujah. Yes in Christ. Tell someone to you, God is faithful. In Christ, every promise is yes. Every promise. My God shall supply all of your needs according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Yes! And my God will take care of you and fulfill His promises for you and fulfill His purpose for you. Yes! And my children and grandchildren and everyone that as I have made covenant with God generation upon generation. Yes! Because those are the promises the Lord has given to us. And so everything must be fulfilled. Everything in the life and ministry of Jesus was in fulfillment of prophecies made and written in the Hebrew Scriptures. 
And every promise of God will surely, 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 say that word to me, surely, surely, not maybe, no, not I think, no, surely. Siguradong, siguradong, sigurado. Pastor Albert, anong tinatayuan mo sa ganun? The faithfulness of God. That's what Paul said. As surely as God is faithful. Not my own feelings because, let me be honest with you, there are days I'm not sure because I don't feel sure. Anybody here like me? Lord. Yeah, there are days. And then you observe, Lord, but parang hindi naman nangyayari. You know, what's, what's going on? I, I know you said this, but parang hindi. So, if we let our own emotions and feelings run the day, oh my goodness, nothing will ever happen in our life. I don't feel like worshiping the Lord. Ay, hindi na lang ako mag-worship. Kasi I don't feel it. Naku, kung yun, kapatid, ang patakaran mo sa buhay, walang darating sa church. Kasi pagkising pa lang sa umaga, nasunog yung sinaing. Na, 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 yung aso namin minsan kinalat yung tissue paper sa buong bahay on Sunday morning nagwawalis ka at naglilinis haras na haras ka pupunta ka na ng church wag na lang there's so many reasons to keep you from worshiping but you have to say whether I feel like it or not worship is an act of love devotion thanksgiving to the God who deserves it, whether I feel it or not. What if God in heaven says, Albert, di kita feel ngayon. Sa totoo lang, this past week, you've not been good. You've not prayed. You've not read your word. Di kita feel. I will cut off the oxygen that you breathe. <laughs> Thankfully, God is not like that. He reigns on the just and on the unjust. The sun shines on everyone. It's an act of God's mercy. And so, don't let your emotions rule your life. Let faith rule your life. Faith in God who said these things in His Word and fulfilled every single one. So, I stand here before you to tell you, whatever is going on in your life and whatever might go on and happen next year, you know how sometimes we're afraid, you know, 2019 was this, 2020, ano kaya, you know? So you're wondering, scratching your head, you're afraid. Listen, I'm here to tell you, I can't tell you what the future holds. I don't, I can't. But I do know who holds my future. God holds my future. God holds your future. And the God who holds your future is the God who created it. From eternity. He created it. Long before you were even conceived, the plan was already there. Long before Adam and Eve fell, the plan of redemption was already there. Because God is this purposeful maker. and Everything must be fulfilled. Can we all stand as our worship team comes? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. bow your heads for a moment. Our Father in heaven, we come with our hearts full of gratitude, full of faith. 
Thank you that your word is true. Every promise that you have given. And especially every promise about the coming Messiah. It was fulfilled. To the detail. The birthplace. The virgin mother. The visit of the wise men. The angelic host. Everything, Lord. You just arranged everything. And then when he was doing his ministry, he would teach in parables. He would heal the sick. Even that was written. And then as he enters Jerusalem, could have chosen a horse, except that it is written, your king will ride on a donkey. So he rides a donkey. And then he's betrayed and crucified and buried. But then he rises again because that's what it says. That's what was written. And then he ascends back to the right hand of the Father, the place of authority and rulership. And so everything that was written about you, Lord Jesus, has been fulfilled. There is one more. And we're waiting with faith, with expectation. We don't know when. We don't know the circumstances. We don't know the timeline. But we do know this. Jesus said, I am coming soon. How soon? I don't know. But in God's timeline, He knows. And when that moment comes, the only question is, will you be ready to receive Him? Will He call your name on that day? Because you know, before Jesus arrives and starts calling us by name to join Him, every day, that we live, He's actually already calling our name. Come unto me, all of you that are weary, burdened by the, by the anxieties of life and you're trying to fix it by all kinds of things. Come unto me, Jesus said. I'll give you rest. I'll give you peace. I'll give you life. I'll give you forgiveness. I'll put your name in the book of life. But you have to respond with faith. You have to respond with faith to the voice of our Savior calling. Practically every one of us that grows up in the Philippines knows the story. Mahirap makaharap ng Pilipinong hindi alam ang kwento ni Jesus. Pagpasko, pinanganak, santo namatay. Tapos pagdating ng linggo ng pagkabuhay, nabuhay ulit. So we know the story. But sometimes we don't know the person that the story is about. Jesus is not just a story lifted out of some book. Jesus is not even just a teaching or a doctrine that you have to somehow mentally memorize and, and, and accept the truth of. No, He's a person. And He says, I want to live inside you. I want to dwell tabernacle the word became flesh and tabernacled among us dwelt among us and to this day that's still the desire of our Savior while he was born in a literal manger every heart can be a manger where the Son of God can be birthed by faith and he brings with him all of the life the grace of God the mercy of God 
Mga kapatid, narito tayo ngayon. At ang tanong, kung halimbawa bang babalik ang Panginoong Isus ngayon, handa ka bang harapin siya? Would you be ready to meet your Maker if that were today? Death also can come. So suddenly, people we know and the prime of their life or someone you just talked to a few days ago could just die all of a sudden or, or be in an accident and, and then you tell yourself, wow, last week lang kausap ko yun ah. Paano nangyari yun? Because that's how life and death is. There's no certainty in terms of when it might happen. So ang tanong, are you prepared to meet your maker when that happens? Sana ang sagot yes. But if for some reason, you'll be honest and say, Pastor Albert, actually, I'm not sure. I know the story. I go to church. I pray. But in my heart of hearts, deep inside, I don't know the person of Jesus. And He is not real to me. If you'll be honest with that, God in heaven already smiling. Because He's saying, that's all I need. A humble and contrite heart, God will not despise. The kind of heart that God accepts is the heart that is willing to say, I need you, Lord. I need you. A person who's willing to say that, Jesus said, no one comes to me unless the Father draws him, and everyone who comes to me, I will not drive away. Hindi kay tataboy ng Panginoon, kapatid. Say, but, but Pastor Albert, if you only know what I've done, how much I've failed, this is the kind of life I have, even my own family rejects me. David said in the Psalm, even if my father and mother reject me, the Lord will receive me. Ganon po ang pag-ibig ng Diyos. Kaya nga niya binigay ang kanyang bugtong na anak na si Jesus. Ang sino mang manampalataya sa kanya ay hindi mapahamak kundi magkaroon ng buhay na walang hanggan. God Almighty, you know every person here. Why we're here, the circumstances of our life. If there is even one person that needs the saving grace of Jesus Christ, then let them come today.